And while all of these jobs made me great money and I was actually pretty good at climbing the corporate ladder, as they say, uh, I just always felt this sort of emptiness inside, like something was missing and something was off. Um, but I just continued to grind through, grind out these long hours. Um, and, you know, I, I followed that perfect formula of study hard, get into a good college, get a good job, make good money. You're supposed to be happy, right? Yeah. Like, why am I not happy? Why am I dealing with depression and anxiety and just not feeling fulfilled in my life? Hi guys, I'm your host, Megan Van Diepender, and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard, and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. All right, awesome. So everyone out there listening in today, we have Grace Looney here, and she's going to tell us about her motherhood journey and being diagnosed with Hajimoto's disease. Am I saying that right, Grace? Yep, Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's. Okay. Um, so, Grace, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to learn about this because I didn't know what it was until I met you. So I think this is incredible that we're putting it out there today. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so grateful to have this opportunity, and it's been just great to get to know you and kind of deepen our relationship too, so it's been fun. Yeah, same. Um, we go to the gym together, if anybody's wondering, so we sweat it out usually at 8 a.m. on Thursdays. Um and somehow we become friends while we're slowly dying, you know, with our work, with our workouts. Oh, I see this girl in the corner doing ring dips and crazy <laughs> like acrobatics, and I'm like, I want to be friends with that girl over there. <laughs> Ditto. I see you with the kettlebells, and same, same. So, Grace, why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about you? Who is Grace? All right, cool. So, um, my name is Grace Loney. I'm a certified health and, um, or I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach. Also call myself a certified health nut, I guess. Um, but I just love all things health and wellness. I did gymnastics growing up. Um, I've also taught fitness classes, so strength and conditioning classes for the past five years. Um, and also over the past five years, I've really just started to pour myself into holistic wellness and alternative forms of healing because five years ago is when I got my Hashimoto's diagnosis. Um, I went to RPI in Troy, New York. So if you're listening locally here, um, Meg and I live in the Capital District. Um, studied biomedical engineering, actually. Wow. From there, held various corporate jobs over the years in the tech industry. And while all of these jobs made me great money and I was actually pretty good at climbing the corporate ladder, as they say, uh, I just always felt this sort of emptiness inside, like something was missing and something was off, um, but I just continued to grind through, grind out these long hours. Um, and, you know, I, I followed that perfect formula of study hard, get into a good college, get a good job, make good money. You're supposed to be happy, right? Yeah. Like, why am I not happy? Why am I dealing with depression and anxiety and just not feeling fulfilled in my life? Um, and then eventually it was the Hashimoto's diagnosis, which was scary at the time, but then that really paved the way and then led me down this soul satisfying work for me. Um, so it's kind of interesting how life throws you curveballs and uh, you can kind of rise to the challenge and see it as opportunities or you can live in fear and kind of crumble. Um, so back then, I think there was a lot of fear. Um, 
but for whatever reason, there was just something inside of me saying, no, let's dig deeper. Keep, keep pushing with this. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, aside from work, I'm a, I'm a new mom. Well, I call myself a new mom. My daughter is going to be three in January. Um, and so that's been an amazing transformation in itself. And I know that is like the theme of this podcast. So I'm happy to dive into any of that. Um, I married my husband, Ted, right before the pandemic in 2019. So we've like snaked in there just in time before all the wedding drama happened. Um, But as a family, we really just enjoy doing things outdoors. We love hiking. I like getting on my paddleboard. Um, We snowboard in the winter. Um, And so we're just a very active family. And um, so fitness and health have really always been kind of pillars in my life that really help, I don't know, keep me grounded and keep me um, just feeling like my best self. That's awesome. Um, can you explain what Hashimoto's is? Yes. Okay. So Hashimoto's, it sounds like this weird, like Japanese food or something like that. I know. That's um, why I just hesitated again saying, no, I'm saying it wrong. But anyway, yeah, go for it. No, you're doing, you're doing great. Um, So Hashimoto's is actually an autoimmune condition that affects your thyroid. So hang with me for a second. Um, Autoimmune. So your immune system is part of your body that just helps protect you against foreign invaders. So like a virus or bacteria. But autoimmune, auto means self. So your immune system is actually attacking yourself. So it gets confused and it starts attacking your own tissues in your body. So Hashimoto's is just specific to attacking the thyroid. And I remember when I was diagnosed, I was like, what is a thyroid? What? (laughs) Like, I have no idea what this is. I'm like, I know what heart is. I know what the lungs are. I know what muscles are. But what the heck is a thyroid? Um, But your thyroid is this small little butterfly-shaped gland that's right in the front of your neck. Um, And it's really like the control center for all of the hormones and these hormonal pathways in your body. So your thyroid helps regulate the rate at which your body uses calories, so, you know, energy. Mm -hmm. Um, It can slow down or speed up your heart rate. It can raise or lower your body temperature, and it can also influence digestion and like the speed at which food moves through your digestive tract. So that's like your metabolism, I guess, is what people would traditionally Mm -hmm. think of that. So I feel like nobody knows what a thyroid is, but I'm like, wow, that does a whole lot of things that would really affect your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? So you said you got diagnosed five years ago. So this was before your daughter. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I, I can kind of tell you my story, um, around how I got diagnosed and then how the holistic healing obsession kind of came to be. Um, but like I said, I started my adult life as a biomedical engineer working in a very fast paced tech industry, climbing that corporate ladder, trying to do all the things. Um, And my schedule was just always super packed. I was grinding out long hours because that field is just very demanding. And then working as a a woman in tech is just like stressful in itself because there's not many women and it can be really competitive too. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's just a lot of pressure and stress in that field. Um, And then of course, on top of that, I start doing, working on my evening MBA. I start working part-time as a fitness instructor. So like, that's just how... I've always been is like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, 
And my time really wasn't balanced at looking after my health. Um, I thought like I was fine. I've been kind of like a normal weight. Um, you know, I've never had any health conditions pop up in my life. So I'm like, I'm fine. I'll just keep grinding it out. But little did I know, and this is like the big thing I learned that stress can really dismantle your health pretty quickly. So all of these poor habits and my stress ridden lifestyle, um, it finally caught up with me. And I realized it because I had broken out into this full body rash and I'm someone like I've like, you know, don't hate me for saying this, but I've never dealt with acne or like any skin problems. I've always had regular skin. All of a sudden my full body, just this painful rash. Um, Like I literally couldn't sleep and itching it didn't even give relief. No creams, no eczema creams, nothing. I was in and out of urgent care and dermatologists and no one could figure out what had caused this. And then finally, um, on my like fourth dermatology appointment, she was like, well, I guess we'll just chalk it up to stress. And I was like, what? Stress? Stress can physically manifest in the body? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, there's no way. Um, So after that, the rash had kind of cleared up, but then I started to notice that I could just sleep all the time. I was totally fatigued. I mean, I could sleep for 12 plus hours. If you didn't set an alarm for me, I would just keep sleeping. And then when I woke up, I would still feel totally exhausted and totally depleted. Like no amount of sleep was going to help me. Mm. Um, I had no sex drive at the age of 29. I, um, I, I always kind of held on to this, like a little bit of extra belly fat and kind of bloat. Um, but that has had kind of been normal my whole life. So that wasn't really the huge red flag. It was mostly, why don't I have a libido at the age of 29? And why am I tired all the time? And why do I have this crazy rash that came from stress? Um, and my sister, oddly enough, had just been diagnosed with Hashimoto's. She was dealing with some of the very similar symptoms and, um, she had kind of started diving into it a little bit more and we realized it was genetic. So I asked my doctor, I said, can you test me for Hashimoto's? I have a feeling I might have this too. Um, and my doctor had no idea what it was. (laughs) So don't, don't feel bad for never having heard of it (laughs) because I had to educate her. And I said, okay, I need you to test me for a full thyroid panel. Make sure you test for my thyroid antibodies. And I gave her all of the actual names of like, what I needed her to test for. And she was like, okay, okay. She was very, very um, supportive. And yeah, sure enough, the test came back and I was positive for Hashimoto's. And she was, she was kind of, it was funny. I always tell the story, like she was kind of excited. She was like, guess what? You have Hashimoto's. And I'm like, this isn't fun news, but (laughs) I guess we're excited to learn something new as like a physician. Um, But yeah, it, it was, it was kind of like a gut instinct. Once I once I had, or once we had learned that my sister had Hashimoto's, I'm like, this has got to be it. This has got to be it. That's insane um, that she got diagnosed the same time as you. Like, was she living a stressful lifestyle as well? Or like, what caused hers to kind of flare up? Or is that like a thing? Does it flare up? Is it dormant and then happens? Or what happens with that? This is a great question. So yeah, obviously, there is a genetic component to it. Um, so like my uncle has Hashimoto's, my aunt does, my sister, I do. Um, and have you ever heard of the term called epigenetics before? Mm -mm. 
So it basically means that we have like way more DNA than is actually ever being expressed at okay. one time. So we have this huge amount of DNA, but I, I don't know what the percentage, I could just be totally making this up, but like 15% of our genes are being used at one time and the okay. rest are kind of just hanging out dormant. Okay. Hashimoto's is one of those genes that's just kind of like hanging out waiting for the perfect time to rear its head. Sometimes it never does. And then other times it's provoked. Um, This is where you can get into like all of the root causes for Hashimoto's. So stress is definitely a big one. Um, If you ask my personal opinion, I think it's a perfect storm of triggers that cause this gene to rear its beautiful little head. Um, so I think stress is a big component. Um, I think nutrition, so your gut health, Mm -hmm. if you've ever heard of a term called leaky gut, a lot of people that have Hashimoto's also have leaky gut. Okay. Um, so that leaky gut causes systemic inflammation. Mm -hmm. And when you have systemic inflammation, that's when your body gets confused and doesn't know what to attack. So it's like, oh, well, this thyroid protein looks a lot like gluten. So let's just attack that too. Um, but yeah, stress, um, viruses, mold exposure, any kind of toxic exposure, heavy metals, um, basically like the world we live in, like we live in a very toxic world now and we, it's, it's sad to say, but we have to be really careful and judicious about the products we bring in our home, the clothes we put on our bodies, the, even the, the things we consume with our mind, the books we read, the TVs we watch, the podcasts we listen to, like Um, everything can kind of have this toxic influence in our life. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like this perfect storm of things that can trigger Hashimoto's. And so my sister, she's lived in New York city since she was 18. Um, And so you can just imagine the level of stress it is to live in this, in the New York city in general. And she's an artist. Um, And so just, I think, um, that grind of, of making art and, and trying to make a living for yourself, being in New York city, um, you know, who knows if she had picked up mono or Lyme or some other virus that could be inside. Um, yeah, so it, it, it could be, um, a whole host of things, which makes it really tricky. Um, but I think for me, it was definitely stress. It was definitely poor diet, leaky gut, and now having gone down this road a little bit longer, I'm pretty sure parasites or some sort of um, like microbe overgrowth has also contributed to this as well, yeah. which I'm working with my functional medicine doctor on. Okay. Um, parasites are just like a whole that that is just a hard game to play because parasites like to hide they don't like to come up positive on tests even if you get like really extensive tests so you have to really work with someone experienced um to work with that but um yeah that that is how i came to the diagnosis um and what happened first was you know my primary was excited that she had figured out we had Hashimoto's. She sent me right to the endocrinologist, which everybody goes right to their endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. And my my numbers weren't crazy high and I was mildly symptomatic. Like I could still um, get through my day. I wasn't bedridden. I wasn't, um, you know, 
like desperate for a tool at this point, but I was concerned that something was off and that I didn't feel like myself. Yeah. But my doctor wanted to just put me on thyroid medication right away. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, can I take it for a day or two and see how I feel? And then if I don't like it, I can just go off. And he goes, oh, no, no, you got to be on this for six weeks minimum. Um, and you know, it takes a long time to balance out how much hormone you need and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we go down this path, can I try some lifestyle things like going gluten-free and stress management and whatever, um, to see if I can manage this naturally. And he explained to me, he's like, well, you know, this thyroid medication has been around since the 1960s because it's literally the best solution out there. It's the only solution if you're hypothyroid. But, you know, if you do want to try this holistic approach, then I'm supportive. Just like keep me posted because I'm genuinely interested if going gluten free, for example, helps you. Okay. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't run out of there fast enough. I was like, get me out of here. Um, I mean, think about it. I was 29. I didn't, yeah. and, and I knew that going on that medication was going to be a long-term thing. And I had already read about it before I went to that appointment. And right. basically you get put on Hashimoto's medication. You're on it for life. Yeah. You take that pill every single day. And I'm yeah. like, golly, I'm like, I'm 29. I think I'm over here. Like I'm healthy. I'm, I'm working out all the time. I, you know, I, I think I'm doing the right things, but I'm supposed to be on a medication for the rest of my life. Yeah. That was that was a shock. Um, and that was kind of enough to shake me and wake me up and have that moment of clarity. Like, I've got to make some changes here. Like, I've got yeah. to look at my lifestyle habits and look at what I'm eating and and look at my schedule and how I'm managing my stress and all of that. Um and so I've never been back to the endocrinologist since. <laughs> um, since then, like we talked about, I've had a baby, so I got pregnant naturally. Yeah. Um, and I was able to sustain healthy thyroid levels throughout the pregnancy. Um, my baby is is healthy. She's a um, little spitfire. We talk about this a lot at the gym too, but because we both have girls. Yeah. But, you know, she's just like full of life, full of energy. So there's definitely no Hashimoto's going on over there. Uh, <laughs> can a kid have but, yeah, Hashimoto's? So, so a child can so, get it? Um, so it's the, the youngest that I've heard someone being diagnosed, I think was like probably seventh or eighth grade. Okay. So usually it, Usually, typically, it will pop up around like your 20s, 30s, 40s. So usually about midlife. Having it pop up younger is pretty uncommon. But, you know, if you have the gene, nothing's off the table, really. Um, So, yeah, typically, it's like midlife. It will start to present with some symptoms. Okay. Now, how did you manage it? So you never went back to the endocrinologist. Um, How did you manage it without medication? Yeah. So um, the first thing I did was I was like, I need to get my mind right because that rash being due to stress, I was like, whoa, what am I doing to myself here? So I actually um, started with learning how to meditate. And I did a six-week meditation course at a local place that's literally a mile from my house. So I had lived here for a couple of years already. And this meditation place was right under my nose. And, um, I just, I think it's so funny. Like when the student is ready, the teacher appears, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't even realize what resources are right there. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it changed my life. That was that was really the catalyst um, that helped open the doors to all that is possible in alternative healing. So um, learned how to meditate, kind of opened up this door of spirituality in my life and just feeling connected and not feeling so alone, mm. um, which was really huge for me, especially after getting a scary diagnosis. You feel kind of alone. You feel scared and you feel like nobody understands. Like, yeah. why, why can't you just get out of bed? Like, get over it. Like, come on, let's go. And it's like, yeah. no, I literally... <laughs> Like, I'm not trying to mess with you. I'm literally totally depleted. Um, after that, I started working with a couple of different functional medicine doctors. So these are like alternative medicine doctors that don't use typical surgery or medication, but okay. they really, like we talked about before, really look at the root cause. Like what, what triggered the autoimmunity right. in your body and how can we address those triggers and help your body heal itself because your body doesn't want to be sick. Your body does not want to be attacking itself. That's yeah. not the default. The default is health and wellness, but it's about figuring out what do we need to do and provide our bodies to support them to get into that healing state. Yeah. Um, and certainly running yourself into the ground, like working three different jobs and, you know, taking on all these responsibilities is not super supportive yeah. or yeah. sustainable. Yeah. So, um, so working with functional medicine, um, it helped a little bit. That's where I really started to overhaul my diet. I've done some crazy like elimination diets for four months straight. Wow. I'm talking like I only ate meat, fruits, vegetables, and like avocados and coconut yeah. basically. Um, so very, very restrictive. Um, did it help? Ate, what's that? Did it help the nutrition changes? Sort of like it. To be honest with you, it. I. I was so desperate at the time for answers. Yeah. That I just believed I was. I would kind of almost give up my power to even if it was a conventional doctor or a functional medicine doctor. You're just like, just heal me. Just make it stop. Make yeah. it go away. Yeah. And so somebody says, okay, if you just do this and this and this, remove this from your diet, you'll be fine. Yeah. And then you do that. And I'm like, I still feel tired. I still have no sex drive. I still, you know, I still have like unwanted weight gain. So what the yeah. hell is that? Yeah. You said, if I do this, then I'll feel better. Right. Um, and so after spending thousands and thousands of dollars going that route, I actually, um, did this certification called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition mm -hmm. um, because I just felt so passionately about learning more about this autoimmunity and how I can help support my body. Yeah. And it wasn't until I took that course and that there was a six-month certification that I learned about primary food. So secondary food is everything that you put in your body, anything that goes in your mouth. Yeah. Um, and then primary food is the food that feeds your soul. That's your career. That's exercise, right? That's yeah. your relationships in your life. Yeah. Um, that's your spirituality. And that was kind of where I started scratching the surface with meditation. Like I got relief there. Mm -hmm. And then it came full circle back to the certification. So once I really started to lift the covers yeah. on all of these primary foods, then I got relief. Then yeah. I started to feel better. I started to feel more like myself again. I got my spark for life back again. 
um, I, you know, was able to get up in the morning out of bed without dragging myself <laughs> out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to sleep yeah, a normal like eight or nine hours a night and feel okay. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was quite remarkable. And yes, I still was very um, judicious about what I put in my body yeah. wise. Um, but that was the huge wake up call for me was, wow, primary food. Yeah, I love that because I really do think it's so important because if you don't have like a purpose or a why to anything that you're doing, it's like, why are you even doing this? You have to be able to feed your soul, whether that's meditation, your career, your family, friends, relationships. If you don't have a purpose, what are we doing here, right? It's like you're just going through that everyday cycle, everyday grind. And like you said, you kind of burn yourself into the ground because – you always come back to that, like, why am I doing this if you don't have a why? Totally. And, like, I always use this analogy, but, like, you can't eat enough kale to, like, make yourself not feel stressed anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. you're still running yourself into the ground and you have no purpose, like, kale is not going to fix that. Yeah. You're still going to feel like crap. Yeah. You're still going to feel empty inside. Mm-hmm. The kale will, yeah, I mean, it'll give you some great, like, nutrients if you have any nutrient deficiencies and, you know, it's probably not going to cause any sort of, like, allergic reactions or anything. So that's a plus. Right. But it's still not going to fix the bigger issues, I think, at play. Right. Right. And that goes the same thing with money. You know, if you have a career and you're making all this money, it's like, but you're unhappy and you're miserable and you're literally exhausted all the time. It's like, what are you doing? Like, we spend most of our time at our jobs or sleeping pretty much. So it's like you need to find something that you love and that you're actually, you know, giving back to the world and doing something that you, you're you passionate about. Boom. Oh, my gosh. And I think that's why we do what we do, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I made a huge change. I was a hairdresser for 20 years until COVID happened pretty much. And I think, um, you know, it wasn't really like a diagnosis. I've definitely had my health issues in the past um, that – fueled me to be more interested in nutrition, in health, you know, overall well-being, sleep. I obviously love sleep. I find it so fascinating. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think COVID really opened my eyes to I love what I do and I'm good at it, but is this fueling my soul? Like, is this going to, is this something that I want to continue to do for 20 more years? You know, Mm -hmm. am I helping people enough? my helping them change their lives by doing their hair, which don't get me wrong. I love getting my hair done and you do feel amazing. But at the same time, I just still felt like there was something, something missing for sure. Totally. And I think like to add to that too, it's, it's not that there's anything wrong with working in the tech industry or being a hairdresser that could be soul satisfying work, but it's for somebody else. Right. Or in that season of your life, it was soul satisfying, but now you're in a new season And you're, and you're following your intuition and your path in life. So like, you know, what I do now as a holistic health coach, like it's like, trust me, I am like fully, (laughs) like fully invested and so passionate about what I do. And I could talk about this for hours, but in 20 years, I don't know how it's going to evolve. I don't know what what stage of life I'll be at. Um, But at least now I have the confidence to follow that because it was scary to leave this like cushy career. Absolutely. And be like, I'm just going to go out on my own, yeah. make zero money for a while. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People thought I was nuts. And- They're like, how are you leaving this like crazy successful business that you built from the ground up? 
I'm like, well, I can do it again. And it's going to make me happier in the long run, you know. And I, do you look back and are like, oh, my God, I have grown so much since I left mm. that cushy job? Because it's like, yeah, it was cushy. But at the same time, were you getting outside your comfort zone? Were you literally walking around like scared shitless as like Catherine said? You know, like putting yourself out there and like growing every single day. And I think that's the thing about not knowing what the future brings in different seasons. It's like, we're supposed to change. We're supposed to grow daily. You know, that's how, that's us learning from our mistakes and, you know, getting better and um, just continuing to want to learn and like soak up all the resources and everything around us to help more, more people. I think that's the point of life. I love that you've like been able to build on your confidence. Like you're like, I know I can build a business. So now I'm just going to pick up all of that knowledge and translate it and drop it right over here. Yeah. And you've, and you've been successful in this business too. Um, And I find myself like in a similar way, like I didn't own a business before this, but I use so many skills Mm -hmm. that I learned in my years of experience. So it's not all for nothing, right? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, all those experiences were there for a reason, right? They were all there. Like if you had never worked your corporate job, you never would have probably been diagnosed with Hashimoto's and then you wouldn't even be here today. So like, I mean, Mm -hmm. all my experience in 20 years of even just like communicating with people helps me, you know, I learned how to run a business, all these things. And, you know, so many mistakes made which I'm sure you've made mistakes as an entrepreneur and like that's how you learn and how you make a better business and is it easy no hell no and like no you don't make any money in the beginning um but just to know that you're actually changing people's lives um for the long run too it's not just some you know fleeting feeling of you know looking better or vanity on the outside it's like you're changing these people's lives so they can sustain this for for life and have like a long happy healthy life. Absolutely. Yeah. This, this ain't no quick fix. This is not a five day juice cleanse or a keto, (laughs) keto 30 day drop 50 pounds. This is like taking a hard look at your life and having a professional be able to walk through that with you to, to support you and hold you accountable because making those changes, it's tough. I mean, you know, we, I think, uh, what did I read the other day? There's a stat that like 85% of what we do day to day is just automatic. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not really putting a lot of conscious thought Mm -hmm. into what we do. So it's about pre-programming some of that automation and building habits. Mm -hmm. And that just requires putting in the reps and taking the time and then having, you know, an expert help you fine tune that along the way and customize it and make it work for you and your life. Um, that can be tremendously valuable. Um, yeah, I tell, I tell my clients, I'm like, once you learn Mm -hmm. everything you need to know to get you from point A to point B, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to get to point B where you can wake up feeling energized and you're not holding on to stubborn weight and, you know, you have a sex drive again or, you know, your hair's not falling out anymore. Like you want to get to there, but in order to get there, he's, here's all the things you need to know. Yeah. And now that you know them, now it's going to take you about 12 to 18 months to get yourself bought into this new idea of you. Like you are literally reinventing yourself and redefining who you are. And that just, again, it just takes time and repetition. Yeah. 
I mean, it's one of the first things I tell people. Well, first of all, I'm not going to give you a diet that is going to change your life and give you a quick fix. You have to put in the work. You don't just go to the gym for a day and expect to be strong. I feel like a broken record. You have to continue. This is something you're going to do for a lifetime. So it's really breaking it down into sustainable daily habits that you can continue to do because diets don't work and they don't last, right? You can't sustain that for the for the long run. So I always love telling people that and it's just like, you have to decide what works for you. Like you said, discover what's going to work for your body in the season that you are because it's not a one-size-fix-all. Like, sure, you can eat kale, like you said, or like healthy foods, but it's like some someone might like different foods. Gluten might work for someone, and it might not work for someone else. You know, same thing like that. So it's really just finding what works for you. And having a coach is, I think, the coolest thing because it's like someone – making sure that you're going to keep showing up doing those things. And it's hard for adults because we have so many bad habits and ingrained habits that we have done our whole entire lives. Like, you know, I work with children and I work with adults and children can learn a new habit in about three days. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And, but they have, they don't have bad habits, you know, especially as babies. Like you don't, they're just like little sponges. And adults, like you said, it can take a year, six months, a year to really have that habit so ingrained that, you know, it's like brushing your teeth. You don't even like think about it and you go on exactly. autopilot. And it becomes who it. you are. Like you yes. are this right. new person now. Right. But you got to get rid of all that other stuff, you know, the, the baggage in your brain and create <laughs> new brain neurons and connections and, but it's doable. And I think like, like I said, having a coach, be there for you to support you and guide you in the right direction and hold you accountable. Because I think a lot of times we try these things and we don't do it for long enough, you know, or Mm -hmm. it's like too big. It needs to be smaller and more sustainable. And when we don't do it for long enough, we're like, oh, well, it's been a couple weeks and it didn't work. I didn't lose the weight I wanted. I don't feel energetic, you know, and at the same time, it's like you didn't do this for long enough to even like see the results, like especially like with sleep in the field that I work, like it takes time to really build that biological clock. And I'm sure you see the same thing with like diet and nutrition, all those things. It's going to take time to really see a difference in your body. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, I mean, I'm just like, eating up this whole conversation. This is like- <laughs> Are we going on a rant right now? <laughs> yeah, no, I love this. I love it so much. Um, because, you know, and I feel like part of it too is like a lot of people don't know what health coaches do or what it is. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're getting into this and and why it's beneficial and and how we can help support in, in all the many different ways that we can. And, um, and, just, and just knowing that... Um, not to be scared of making all of these big changes, knowing that someone's going to help you make those baby steps, putting one foot in front of the other, doing those small, sustainable changes. Um, what is what is the quote? It's like, I feel like I'm quoting a lot of things, but it's like those like little minute 1% changes over time. Yeah. Is it James make Clear? Make a monumental transformative yeah. change. Tiny Which habits. Yes. I'm all about tiny habits. Yeah. Because it's like, It's also not so overwhelming because I feel like a lot of times when I have people reach out to me, they need to make big changes, right? Because a lot of times we wait until we're sick. I mean, like what happens to you, right? Until we're like, all right, we have to make these changes now because I'm sick. And it's like they don't even know where to start. It's so overwhelming and they have to make so many changes. So it's really just like having that coach break it down into your unique lifestyle and be like, all right, start here. 
Because, I mean, starting is the most important part, right? You just got to start. Even if it's like one change a day, you just have to start. And then you can sustain that and add things on really gradually. Because like you said, 1% of something is actually going to make a difference in your life more than you can imagine. Totally. And if you if you hold that 1% change, it's like um, – you know, it's like finance, compound interest. Like mm-hmm. if you start investing in your 20s, you're going to have $5 million by the time you retire. But if you start investing that same amount of money in your, even in like five or 10 years later, then you have, you know, $100,000. Like right. it really adds up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, how did, so Hajimoto's, how did it affect you while you were pregnant and like while you were postpartum and stuff? Did it affect you more or did you have like the same postpartum recovery? Oh gosh. Yeah. So during pregnancy, I, um, you know, thankfully I had a really great pregnancy aside from, I got pregnant. So I got pregnant in March of 2020 and then the world shut down. So that was just a scary time in general. So I was definitely dealing with a lot of anxiety during that time because there was just no information being released about like, is this safe for baby? You know, is this going to cause birth defects? Is this going to whatever? So, um, that was an interesting time that having a baby shower and you know what I mean? Like just being locked in your house while being pregnant when you want to be celebrating with people. Um, but aside from what was going on in the external world internally, like I felt great. Um, I was able to, to move and exercise throughout my pregnancy. Um, I got my levels checked every trimester, um, because I have Hashimoto's. That's just something you want to make sure of. Um, you know, and if you're someone that's planning for pregnancy, you're definitely, and you're maybe experiencing some of the symptoms, like you have digestive upset, constipation, you're tired all the time. You have mysterious weight gain. Um, your hair is falling out. You feel cold all the time. Like there's a whole slew of symptoms, but if, if that's you definitely get checked before you start planning for baby, because you're going to want to make sure your thyroid levels are at, um, at an appropriate level because number one, it can just make it a lot harder to get pregnant. And then number two, if you're in hypothyroid, um, which means low thyroid throughout the pregnancy, it can cause birth defects and some other complications. So you just have to be really careful. So every trimester I would get checked, my levels were perfect. I was like, okay, all right, cool. We're doing it. Um, and I was kind of worried because I'm like, well, you know, being pregnant, that can cause a lot of stress. Like I was wondering if I would relapse at all. Really didn't um, until – and you're going to appreciate this part of the story. But <laughs> it wasn't until um, I had Blake and I was very adamant on breastfeeding, as you can probably imagine, someone who's like very passionate about nutrition. Right. I was like, I, I want to breastfeed. I'm going to breastfeed come hell or high water. Um, get all the resources behind me to make sure I'm successful at this. Um, and come to find out, I didn't find this out until Blake was probably about seven months old, but she had a lip and a tongue tie. Okay. And so I don't think she ever transferred milk that well because I was nursing this girl like all the time. Like she yeah. was always on the boob and, and that was all night included. Like up until six months, I was up with her every one to two hours. Oh my god! So we we started with her in the bassinet, and then we and then we started learning about bed sharing safely. So we like did that, so I could just literally roll over, nurse her, and fall back asleep. Um, so that helped a little, but man, by six months, I was 
a shell of a human yeah. being. Yeah. And so that really spiraled me back into like full-fledged Hashi flare. Yeah. Um, so that sleep deprivation, which I know you can totally appreciate. Yeah. Like sleep is such a foundation. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm in this new season of life. There's there's not much I can do about it. And it's COVID. I can't really get support. It's not like I can hire a night nurse to like come right. in and help me. You're kind of just on your own. Um, my parents and Ted's parents lived far. Um, we really don't have any family in this area. So we were just grinding through and, oh, on top of that, Blake refused to take a bottle. Okay. So Ted couldn't help with any night food. Yes. So there's like, things are just like stacked, but here again, here's the universe. Like you need to go through this so that you can use this experience, you know, to, to kind of walk yourself back out of Hashimoto's. Yeah in the postpartum period and then be able to share this with clients, yeah. right? So yeah. it took me two and a half years to finally wow. feel like myself again. So yeah, it's like recent. I mean, Blake is going to be three in January okay. and I would say um, maybe, maybe it was more like two, like two and a quarter years. But yeah, by the spring, I was like finally able to sleep eight hours a night and wake up and be like, okay, yeah, we can do today. Wow. Um, yeah. What, when did you get her tongue tie and lip tie released? That at was seven? at seven months. Okay. Yeah. So did so you have a lactation consultant or anything? Did they not catch that? So she did. So um, we, ha- I had an IBCLC come check back in on us at about a month postpartum. Okay. And she was like, Blake has a lip and tongue tie, just letting you know. And I was like, oh, okay, like, it's fine. We're nursing fine. Like, I don't have pain. So I just totally wrote it off. Okay. You don't know what you don't know the first time around. Right, right. And she's so little, she probably wasn't taking that much milk at the time anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then at seven months, when I'm still so sleep deprived and when she's still not even giving me, like, regular four-hour stretches, yeah. that's when I was like, maybe it's the lip tie. <laughs> maybe it's the tongue tie. <laughs> So we got that addressed, and since she was much older at that point, it I think it took a lot longer to heal yeah. and for her to relearn how to nurse. And then finally, at about nine months, we got our first like sleep through the night ish yeah. kind of thing, you know, like seven or eight hours or whatever it was. And that was just like, oh my god, yeah. Um, but when you're that sleep deprived, you don't need just one night. Like you got it. Yeah. It's gonna take you a have while. a debt. You have a really bad debt. Yeah. 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 And so does yeah. she too. I mean, she must have been exhausted as well. Yeah. She never shows it, but maybe she was. <laughs> well, sometimes it shows as um hyperactive or like extra energy. You know, it kind of comes out as that. Um Yeah. I mean, did she have like a growth spurt after she started sleeping through the night? I bet she grew. Um, she's always been a little peanut. Um so I'm like five foot nothing, my husband five eight. So she's just like always been like fifth percentile. Yeah. Um, I can't remember because you don't want to know why I can't remember. My brain was so foggy <laughs> I was gonna say, this whole time. You were like barely hanging on. <laughs> barely hanging on. And like, and, and brain fog too is a big symptom of Hashimoto's as well. And like, I can barely remember her first year of life. Like I remember yeah. it, but then I'll go back and look at pictures of like things we did or details. And I'm like, whoa I totally forgot about that yeah um so yeah yeah, it's all a blur yeah I mean that's 
one of the reasons I got into the sleep industry was like I felt like that too but it was really just the first three months of my daughter's life that I like barely remember I felt like I couldn't enjoy it because I was so exhausted and like started like resenting her until I got sleep help um and she started sleeping through the night so I was like I need to help moms do this because the first year is so amazing like we don't want to miss out on that they go through so many milestones it's like not fair for us to just be you know shells of ourselves we want to be there for it absolutely yeah and I think the health of the mother is just paramount right like we are the cornerstone of our family we keep we keep the clock ticking we keep the world turning you know um and yeah it is unfortunate that I feel like in this country, women don't get a lot of support, especially postpartum. So I'm grateful for people like you that do the work that you do and make yourself available because it's, I, I mean, some people are just desperate for that help and Well, it kind of goes the same way, like, as I said, with health coaching, like, a lot of times we don't reach out until, you know, we're sick, right? It goes the same with sleep. It's, like, a lot of times I don't get moms, you know, really until they're so sleep-deprived that they can't even, like, function correctly anymore and they're actually, like, nervous about being around their baby. Not all the time, but sometimes. I mean, I do get people that are just, like, proactive and, you know, they know they want to sleep and that type of thing, too. But I'd say probably 85% of the time it's, like, moms that are just exhausted. Yeah, man, if I had known about you three years ago, (laughs) you would have been on the call roster. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I mean, sleep consultants are getting much more common now. Like when my my daughter's eight and when she was little, you know, I didn't even know that sleep consultants existed. Really, I feel like in the past decade, it's started to get like gradually and gradually more common to get sleep help. Um, But I think that, again, goes to, you know, our culture in America, sleep isn't prioritized and, you know, it's not looked on as an essential. It's more looked on as a luxury, and that's not the case. It's actually a biological need. Um, oh, to totally. Have. We we live in a culture that praises people who take on side hustles, mm-hmm. that praises people who are available around the clock. Yeah. Oh, like so-and-so got a promotion because they're always there. They're always answering emails. It's like, why are we rewarding that? That is not sustainable yeah. behavior. Yeah. But that's that unfortunately that's the world we live in. So yeah. people in order to get that reward or they're striving for whatever, they pick up those bad habits. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's like as you said in the beginning where you were like I was doing all the things that said success, right? I had this incredible job that paid a lot of money, that I was constantly busy. Um, you know, I was doing so many things that I thought would give me happiness and it didn't. And I think like in our culture like you literally have to figure that out for yourself because you have to be aware of it first of all and you have to ask yourself the question like am I happy like are these things making me happy and I think again like you said with some people my IT is their thing or like tech is their thing and they're they like thrive and like my husband's in tech and he just lights up he's brilliant with it and it's just he's helping the world that way but that's not you or me you know and I think it's just different for each and every person Um, and you have to find that and not just Listen to what is the stereotype of our our culture because, again, like if you're exhausted, you can't continue on like that. You can't continue on feeling these symptoms or whatever you're feeling, whether you have like no motivation to get up and work out or you don't want to eat healthy food or you're just in like a bad cycle. You have to first become aware of it and then make the changes for yourself and you decide that this isn't good enough, right? It's not good enough for me. I want something more. I want something more with my life and – for the long haul, because it will catch up with you. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like totally. people hate and when like, I say that, but I'm like, it will catch up with you. This is why, you know, it will. It the will. health industry is just insane. And we send billions of dollars every year because it does catch up with you, whether it's going to be in your late 20s or whether it's going to be, you know, later on in life. Yeah, to- absolutely. And I think people especially are just used to having, there's a pill for every ill, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can just take this pill and... <laughs> it alleviate my symptoms and I can just keep doing all the things that I'm doing to continue to run myself into the ground or I can just keep eating the way I'm eating. I can just eat, you know, stress eat all the time to help manage my stress. And I'll just take this like, um, you know, acid reef or yeah, Yeah. like acid reflux drug and that will help mitigate that. And then I'm going to be on another medication because that's going to cause other complications. And we're just used to that. We're just used to, oh, it's fine. You can just keep doing what you're doing because I got this pill for that. Yeah. And it's like, but well, what is that actually doing to your body? Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, how- it's Band-Aids. It's not, like you said, getting to the root cause. And, um, you know, a lot of doctors don't have the time to figure that out and find what's actually, you know, bothering you. And also, like, people go in expecting a Band-Aid. They want it fixed mm-hmm. immediately. You know, they don't they want, want to put in that work and make those changes. And I've definitely been there in that, um, you know, I was that person that had – like chronic acid reflux at like a really young age and, and my doctor was not concerned. She was just like, yep, here, take this. You can just take it for the rest of your life pretty much. And I'm like, but should I change right, anything? So it's bad. like, what? Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I, I always fall back on nutrition when, you know, when your body's kind of going crazy or something's happening. Um, I loved what you said that it, it's – it's built to survive, right? So like it's it wants to be healthy. When something's going wrong, it's telling us that we have to make a change. So I always fall back on nutrition. And like as soon as I changed my nutrition, it went away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you kind of have to like push a little bit, which I'm sure you had to when you were getting your diagnosis. Like you said, the doctor didn't even know about it. Unless you see like a functional practitioner, I think you have to push and like what what's causing this? Like help me find out. Or you could find a coach too because they'll definitely go deeper into that. But, um, you know, why am I having these symptoms? Why am I exhausted all the time? I mean, with me, when I work with sleep, it's like sleep isn't just about nighttime. It's actually like what you're doing during the day, you know, that's going to affect how you sleep at night. So, you know, I feel like as health coaches, we're kind of like little investigators. All right, what's what's going on? Like where can we make changes to to help you with these symptoms and to really find out like what's causing them? Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of the things that we say, they're not groundbreaking. Like we'll say, hey, maybe you should turn your screen off by 8 p.m. Or like, hey, maybe you should drink more water. It's like we know what to do. We're just not doing them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the point of getting a coach because I think we all know and like you could just Google and it would most likely tell you. But the point Mm -hmm. of having a coach and someone like it's support and it's to be like, you have to do that for more than one day. You can't just drink water for one day and expect to like feel better. Like you have to continue to, to do that day in and day out and actually show up for for these things that might seem tiny, like you said, but it's like putting vegetables on your plate, you know, something small like that or, or yeah, I mean, lowering your stress level. That's a huge one. Um, yeah, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. And like this stuff works because – Look at you. You're, you know, you're happy running a thriving business. Um, right now, I I would describe myself as having a pretty balanced life. So yeah. I'm I'm able to be a mom and show up for a mom in the way that I want to. Yeah. I'm able to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I can balance time with my family, my career, uh, my self care. 
you know, which wasn't there before, um, being able to have the time to cook and prepare food for my family. Um, So it's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty cool to go from um, just feeling so out of place in my life to to just making these shifts over time. And now I see where I am and I'm like, oh my gosh, it totally works. This works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's it's crazy looking back, you know, four or five years too, from where you came from to where you are now. And I think that like saying that it takes time, it really does. And it's like, it's not like we know everything. We're still learning about ourselves and, you know, yes. getting healthier each day. It's not about knowing everything. It's really just about being open to, to change and continuing to grow. Where do you see, you know, your business five to 10 years from now? Well, it's funny because as you were talking um, a little bit about, you know, what your husband does for work and, and how we were talking about, you know, we came from tech or hairdressing and it just wasn't for us, but there are people out there where that is for them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, wait, I work in a really high stress job and I, I work, um, you know, just in that environment, but I, this is what I love. Now, what do I do? Yeah. So my goal is I would love to make this full circle and, work with corporations, like um, maybe it's a corporate wellness program or just make the environment more balanced for people who this is their passion. This is what they want to do, but how can we help them, right? Have time for self-care, have a balanced life, not feel like they have to be checking their email all the time. Um, What resources can we provide them? What help can we provide them? What sorts of benefits? Um, And just providing a lot of education there. I think I would love more than anything to make an impact impact in the tech arena because it's just like it's just so fast paced and around the clock and and the culture of like I'll just eat this bag of Doritos and keep chugging on. It's like oh my god, it just makes my my stomach hurt just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love to do that um, and you know just continue to build awareness around natural healing and and know that there's options out there. Like, you know, if this is you, if you're suffering with these symptoms, like there is hope, like, don't worry. Don't, don't just, don't just throw in the towel. Like there is a way through and there is help for you out there, whether it's through me or through another health coach or functional medicine, or you're paving your own way. Um, but I just want people to know that, um, there's options. So the more I can help spread that message, be it through corporate wellness programs or yeah. um, just doing um, other kind of global talks out there, that's where that's where I see myself going. I know yeah. it, it's hard for me not to set my ambition so high because that's kind of how I'm wired. So I'm going to yeah. have to balance that um, and make sure I still live that balanced life by not trying to push and burn myself out again. Yeah. Um, but it's hard when you're so passionate about something to like restrain that excitement, yep. you know? Yep, for sure. I also think that's like the entrepreneur mind too. It's just, we're dreamers, right? And we have all these big dreams, but we have to kind of rein it in and, you know, take action in small steps. But I think that, I mean, that sounds amazing. I, I love the corp- yes, corporate route absolutely. too. I'll I- remind myself of that. Yeah. <laughs> The corporate route is awesome. I've definitely been trying to get my foot in the door on that just to have their employees, you know, supported with sleep um, because I don't know how many people show up for work tired every day. You know, billions of dollars are lost to companies, you know, from unproductivity because of sleep debt. Um, So I love that. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, getting the word out, like how can we help get the word out more, you know, just talking about Hashimoto's or what's a good way to spread awareness? 
Oop, did you hear me? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think it broke up a little bit. I'm not sure if it was my internet or yours. Um, but um, I've been thinking a lot about this, um, about how to spread awareness. Um, yeah. And again, like people suffering from a thyroid condition, like, are just out there feeling so alone. They're mm -hmm. getting gaslit by their doctors. They're getting gaslit by their family or friends that don't understand what they're going through or, you know, why can't you just lose weight? Why can't you just, you know, buck up, um, eat less, exercise more, get over it, you'll be fine. Um, so oftentimes, like, if you have Hashimoto's, you just feel so defeated and you feel so alone. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, podcasts like this are great. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for doing what you do. Um, and, you know, if anyone out there is feeling these symptoms or you know someone that could be going through this, feel free to share this message, um, you know, because that's how we get the word out is we're, we're just open and honest about what we're going through and, yeah. and not just continuing to grind through. Um, yeah. And yeah, re reach out for help um, when you need it. Yeah, that sounds great. I also think like it's not normal to feel that way. Like I think a lot of times in America too, we think it's normal to be tired, to, you know, um, not have a libido and like, you know, not eat healthy and then still feel like crap and like they think it's normal. But you don't have to feel that way, right? There's a choice. Same thing with like sleep. Like there's a choice. You can make changes and there's hope. Like you said, you it, it can it can work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Where can we find you, Grace? So you can find me. Um, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram um, okay. at Gracefully Holistic. Um, you can also learn a little bit more about me on my website. It's just gracefullyholistic.com. And um, I also run free five-day challenges. Okay. So this is where you really get a chance to kind of try on some of these lifestyle habits that help Hashimoto's healers feel better and get relief. Um, and so my next one coming up is December 11th through the 15th. So okay. depending on when the episode airs, you guys might um, be able to catch that one. If not, we'll definitely do one again um, sometime in late January. Um, so that's a great way to just get a taste for what I do if you're at all curious. Um, but if not, um, you can just head to my website and grab a free consultation too. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So yeah, I'm going to link all that below. So everyone check Grace out. She's incredible. Um, and yeah, thank you so much again for being here. This was so much great knowledge. I'm excited to share it. I was so jazzed by this conversation. We need to have more like this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in today. Empowerhood is brought to you by Flourish Everyday Coaching. Check them out in the link below. And again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you could take 60 seconds of your time and leave us an Apple review, this helps share the news about this podcast and help women all over the world. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the next episode.